welcome to Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work life from the perspective of two real people. Forget the hustle. We're here to live life well and enjoy work. So join us for a drink, a cuddle, and some super authentic work chat with your hosts, me, Brittany Bowering, and me, Penny Blackmore. Oh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) we've got a new intro, as you may have noticed. Um, and if you like the show, please rate and review our podcast as this would help others to discover it. Um, and please stay tuned until the end of the episode because we give away a cute little free resource of the week. Yeah. Also, if you have a podcast that needs a producer or a sound <laughs> editor, we have got your guy. His name's Max. He's amazing. And all of his contact details are in our show notes. Yeah. So get in touch. Yes. Cool. How, How are, are you? you? Oh, we're so good. We're both so good. <laughs> we are. We're very, we're very nice to each other. That's for sure. Let's have a little cheers to start it off. Oh, God. That was a really good cheer. Almost too good. We are in Brittany's closet. Yes. Do you know what? Actually, we should take a little Instagram picture For at some sure. point. Um, because it is pure comedy. We're surrounded by shoes and, <laughs> and, and like jackets. Um, and scarves. And a scented candle, you know, to yeah. make it hygge. Yeah. <laughs> which is Danish for hygge. Which means comfortable or something. Okay. I didn't know where you were going with that, but I'm happy you explained. Okay, cool. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Denmark this week and uh, just to chat with some people um, and Danish people are just so, they're so great. They're They're so so nice. They've got their shit together, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else did you do this week, Pen? What's happening? Oh, shit. So uh, I was just um, telling Brittany before that I'm going to really struggle to not talk about Beyonce this whole episode. Yeah. So I actually, so I just watched um, the Homecoming Netflix special Yeah. Um, by Beyonce, by Queen Bay. Yeah, so this really confused me because, of course, there's also the ho- the other Homecoming Netflix show. Oh. I was very confused by it all, but it has nothing to do with Beyonce. That's one with Sandra Bullock. Oh. Is it Sandra Bullock? Oh, oh yeah, that's really, it's uh, yeah. it's got, it's got Julia Roberts in it. Oh, it's Julia it's Roberts. Quite, it's, it's not Sandra Bullock. It's People really are good. Be like, Brittany, get on top of your Julia Roberts trivia. Yeah, but yeah I she's mean, like, great. It's funny because actors have these like there are several surviving middle aged ladies I know. who have come through from being like America's sweetheart to actually like working actresses. Yeah, so good for them. That's yeah. great. And they're both one of them. Anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter about them. Tell me about Beyonce because I'm oh. actually dying to watch this. So you have to watch it. Um, basically, I. I went to see Beyonce last year and I Oh yeah. I thought it was an amazing show. Like she was very professional, but left me a little cold. And I wouldn't say I'm mm. like a big t- I'm not a huge Beyonce fan. I'm yeah. not like obsessed or anything. But this made a fan out of me. Like really? I felt like I was like, oh my God, like the whole thing was so unapologetic and so and like it was really inspiring. She had twins last year or yeah. the, whatever wherever. Whenever that was. And had to lose like literally like 50 kilos or something. She worked her ass off. Like it just, it actually blew my mind. I was like, oh, she was just so genuine and so lovely and like so hardworking as well, like ridiculously hardworking. So it's just really, there's something about it. I don't know. It's It's really really inspiring. Because I'm also not like a massive Beyonce fan, Mm. Um, but there are like, like I've checked out, have have you ever looked at her Instagram? No, I have not. It's there. I have to say, it's it's kind of something like how you left her show. It's mm. like you feel like it's very contrived, yes. you know. Yeah. Very it's kind not of, very personal. Yeah, it doesn't mm. really feel like you're actually Looking getting a right look now. at you you see a lot of her, a lot of her daughter dressed up, probably at this point, a lot of her um twins as well. But like it's just it's all very posed. They're all dressed up in these outfits. I don't know. Like, yeah, this stuff here. Yeah. So she's like it's just it's all very like marketing forward and you just don't actually get an idea of what she's actually like so that's really cool and another reason why I think I should watch this this um she it really made a fan out of me like I was like it it, I don't know I think maybe it was a something about it was very touching like her commitment to her family and Mm -hmm. like her uniquely feminine experience of like you know uh having twins and having this difficult pregnancy and everything and then you know like putting this incredible show together which was so like the thing that I also really liked about it was it was unapologetically like black like she had yeah this commitment to doing what she was politically kind of 
um, interested in, which I really, you know, like Coachella could so easily be like a real sellout where you just do what all the white flower crown girls want to do. Yeah. Um, But she just like, she really brought it and it was so inspiring. Yeah. I first first heard about this uh, special because I follow follow Michelle Obama on Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah. And did you see the video that she made? She made a video to congratulate Beyonce on this (laughs) special one day Brittany we'll have friends like that can you believe that <laughs> for fuck's sake it's, it's insane actually oh my god and we should actually put a little clip Ooh. of her what she says because she doesn't even she doesn't even um uh say Beyonce she's just like girl you've done it again you smashed it you're an inspiration like oh all this it's amazing yeah we should totally see if we as possible okay I'm writing that down don't worry I've got <laughs> Michelle a video. Yeah. yeah. I'll send it. Yeah. Um, how about you, Britt? What's up? What's up? What's happening in your little world? My little world. Um, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I had, um, uh, I mean, thanks to you, I listened to a really great podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the control alt delete podcast, which mm-hmm. is really, really excellent. Um, what is her name? Emma Gannon. Emma Gannon. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, this is her podcast. She's fantastic. And she had this guy, Bruce Daisley on her podcast. He works at Twitter. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. 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 He's, but he, sorry. Yeah. I was trying to remember what I'd, but yeah. So it's yeah, the guy this who works a, in Twitter, uh, Twitter in London. Yes, exactly. Okay, great. So, and he's this like, I mean, he's a, like kind of, I don't know if he's like an executive. I can't remember what his actual position is. I think he's is. a VP of marketing yeah. or something. Yeah. Something yeah. he's very high up mm. at, at Twitter and he, his passion though is like work, work culture. Oh, and, he was a dude. Yeah. Oh, I forgot he was about great. That. He was really great. And basically he talked, I mean, they both together talked all about just sort of, um, yeah, like office culture, office dynamics, politics, um, Mm. you know, work-life balance, what that means. And I am very big, you know, I I am an advocate for work-life balance for sure. And it's also like something we just discuss all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, what does it actually mean anymore? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like you are at work for a fucking long time every day. Totally. You know, like if you're, if you have any kind of commute, then you're getting home at 7.30. Oh, yeah. Then it's just like Easily. one Netflix show in bed. Well, in bed. Yeah. I am a, I'm a, I'm an early bedtime girl. Me too. <laughs> I, this whole week, by the way, I've been going to bed probably like actually at 10 p.m. Mm. and waking up like at the latest by 7. Mm. And then, I mean, we start work in Berlin a little bit later than mm. a lot of people. Mm. So we're actually meant to be at the office around 9.30. So that means I actually have like a two-hour window in the morning where I can like do get ready but also do yeah mm. and I've been really capitalizing on that but anyway so listen to this episode and what really struck there were a few things that really stuck out for me but one was we were talking about or they we were huh, they were talking about emailing on evenings and weekends and mm. just like what that means mm. and like I mean everybody says like oh it's it's bad to email on evenings and weekends but everyone I know gets emails from their boss mm. or their colleagues mm. in on evenings, like during the weekend or yeah. in the evenings. And what he said, because also Emma Gannon kind of chimed in and she was like, well, with my team, what I do, if I if I want to send an email on the weekend is I'll write like in the subject, like for Monday, mm. you know, like don't open till Monday kind of thing. Yeah. And then it was funny because Bruce Daisley kind of scoffed and he was yeah. like, ah, everyone's like, reading it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, you've got to realize like, yeah. Um, and he said that he just leaves it in drafts. Right? Yes, which and I he think schedules is good. his emails, and that's something that I think. And even for people who aren't managers, but they have colleagues, like even I have found myself emailing my colleagues in the in the evenings or early mornings or on weekends, mm. and it's like that's equally not as good. Even mm. though I'm not their boss, it's still like they they have this feeling of that I need urgent response from them, obviously, because I can't wait until, you know, Mm. work out. I don't know. It's just interesting. I I think that is really interesting, especially because I think that it speaks to this culture that we have of like, everything has to happen very quickly. And Mm -hmm. it's like, actually a lot of society would really benefit from slowing the fuck down and like considering something a little bit more, maybe like, you know, thinking on it overnight. There's nothing wrong with taking some time to consider something. Yeah. And Um, people who don't, uh, like answer emails it on off time. So in the evenings and weekends, they're actually legitimately healthier. Mm. Like they are healthier, happier people. Yeah. So we need to think about that, right? Yeah, like that feeling of being on a it. holiday when you're like just sneakily checking your email. And yeah. I mean, like, 
this is why I always, I mean, I can say this now, but I always used to have this huge issue with clients that would just call you without, um, you know, like setting up a time. Right. Because I was like, I'm, you know, like when I went back to Australia for three weeks, um, if I forget to put my phone on do not disturb, I'd get like five missed calls at 4am and, you know, waking up the whole household. And I'm just like, fuck, like, why don't you just, if you'd emailed me to set up a time, then you would get my out of office and you'd know that I'm on the other side of the world. And it's really irritating that you're just calling me randomly right now. (laughs) Right. And they never have it. Those clients, the ones that call willy nilly, it's never urgent. It's no, never, ever yeah. urgent. Yeah, like, of course not. Ever, yeah. ever, ever. Oh, it's so funny. Because, I mean, the funny thing about, I think we're actually, like, there, there is sort of this, like, feeling in the air mm. that I think there's going to be, like, a pretty big shift in, like, because people are so much more aware of, like, mental health and they're talking so much more about anxiety yeah. and depression. Mm. I think there's going to be a really big shift pretty soon. Yeah. And people are just not going to put up with it anymore. Yeah. These workplaces that don't allow them to actually have a life outside of work. Oh, totally. And also, I mean, like, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was this whole, um, people were trying to figure out how the fuck to hire millennials. Yes. Um, and they were like, oh, well, they they want purpose in their careers. Yeah. So all of a sudden these companies like yogurt companies and stuff were having to come up with like a really exciting vision statement for, so these millennials would consider working with their brand. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think those kind of – that kind of momentum can only be a good thing. Even if you get halfway, it's still good enough. So another really cool thing um, that I did this week that I've been dying to tell you about, Penny, Uh, is I did – one of our friends, one of our mutual friends is doing um, a coaching – she's learning to be a coach. So she's doing like a – Oh, right. Okay. So she is doing this online course where she's learning to become a coach. And I have to be honest with you. I cringe when people are like, I'm a coach. I'm oh, like, really? Yeah. I, I, oh, I, I secretly like love it. that shit. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, mean, me too. I mm. secretly like it. <laughs> but I like when people are like, oh, I'm a life. I mean, when you say you're a life coach, that kills oh, that's, me. Oh, that kills me. Because yeah. I'm like, what do you know about life? Exactly. <laughs> but what's super interesting is I did this. So she's kind of like halfway through this course. And so she needed somebody to like practice her coaching on. And I was like, me, 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 me. I will do it. Oh, great. Um, Sorry. I didn't actually know that context. Oh. That's cool. Okay. I thought you were just like, I'm just doing some coaching. No, no, no. (laughs) Venla's actually like doing this um, as a, as a course. Hi Venla. (laughs) Hello Venla. (laughs) So, um, we sat down over a couple of white wines Mm -hmm. and had this little coaching session. And I was just really interested to see kind of like what would come out of it. And what I learned were a few interesting things about coaching itself. So Mm. coaching is like, I mean, you could describe it kind of as like therapy without any kind of input, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the idea of a coach is actually just to help you find more insights, like to help you ask, like they ask the right questions so that you're looking in, you know, inside of yourself mm. and thinking about like, oh yeah, like what do I think about that? Or what am I scared of in that sense? Or yeah, yeah what is stopping me from doing that? So um, it That's was cool. really So it's like cool. less advice, more guidance. Literally, she gave me no advice at mm-hmm. all. It was, it. it was completely about how I feel about certain things. She would basically list like it was, she was listening. I was literally talking very um, openly mm-hmm. about everything, like just kind of free flowing. And then she would kind of, um, she wouldn't even really stop me. She would just sort of, when I stopped talking, um, she would then ask like a probing question. Mm. So um, like I was actually talking a lot about how I'd like to get more like work-life balance. And it's mm. really important to me that I feel um, like I'm actually also having some things going on outside of work and I'm not constantly thinking about it and, mm. and stressing about it and feeling that anxiety. And she, you know, would ask me questions about like, what does it mean for you to have mm. the work-life balance? Yeah. Like, what would that actually look like? Yeah. You what know, does she, that translate to? Exactly. So yeah. asking these like really kind of intelligent questions, it was really great. Oh, I now brilliant. think everyone should do it. Oh, I'd love to. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, what, what is work-life? I've decided that maybe work-life balance is working four days a week. I actually, by the way, I mean, Venla, Mm. uh, who's the coach, uh, she was working four days a week before she's now on maternity leave. Mm. How great is it? She's on maternity leave, but she's like, I'm not just like on maternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a course 
to better like i mean oh, that's yeah. fabulous yeah yeah why she's, not she's a great lady but the thing is is that she was always like that was really important to her was that mm. she like she really had time to see her friends and mm. her family and do the things that she loved so she always worked four days a week the only problem that i've found at companies with part-time employees um they always have less say in everything that happens. Yeah, yeah. You're always. right. You're right. Yeah. But, but whose fault is that? Yeah, I don't it's, know. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think um, if anyone knows Peter Thiel, he's the guy, mm. I, one of the co-founders of uh, PayPal. An author of Zero to One. Yeah. And so uh, I was discussing Zero to One with one of our colleagues at AJ and Smart. Um, and basically Peter Thiel believes that you shouldn't, ever hire freelancers and you should never do part-time stuff. And and this is really interesting actually because I felt like this is a great example of people who just, I mean, like obviously you read books and you think to yourself, I'm just going to take from this what I think is reasonable, right? Um, But without even realizing you might read something like that and be like, oh, yeah, what he's saying makes sense. Well, I'm never going to hire part-time person and I'm never going to hire a freelancer but actually where does that leave anyone who has like kids yeah or a disability or someone who just wants to come in and make a quick impact and then leave like it's just such a one-sided way to see things yeah um so it was really interesting because when I brought this up with my colleague he's actually just had a child well, obviously he didn't have it, but he's he's a father to a new child. And I, and he was like, oh, yeah, obviously, like, people should be able to work part-time. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's funny when you read these books, often mm. you're like, th- like, because the way that the author is writing these things, obviously they're trying to sell this idea yeah, to you. Yeah, with so such conviction. Of course, they have all of this, the, you know, they have everything to back up what mm. they're saying. You know, they're like, oh, look at the stats of this and that and whatever. And they really convince you about so many things. Yeah. And then you really have to make sure you're taking a step back yeah. when you're reading these books and think like, wait a second. Mm. Yeah. Like, this what is just mean? one perspective. Yeah. Um, and, and while it's, uh, you know, it's valid that there's nothing invalid about that perspective. It's still like, it's just one point of view. And, yeah. um, I don't know if anyone knows, but Peter Thiel is a pretty shitty guy. Actually. He's like, Ooh. did you know this? No. He's like a, avid Republican, like Trump supporter. Oh, and I, I don't think anyone listens, listening to our podcast could possibly oh, be a Trump supporter. But if you are, I beg you to reconsider. <laughs> I really do. And I, Just, I'm not judging you at all. I would love to talk you out of it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch. Um, There's like I mean, there's, I mean, just look up like ridiculous videos of Donald Trump and you can't possibly be on his side after watching anything. Actually, actually look up any one of his speeches and actually listen. It's atrocious. Oh, what is it? There's this one site that actually writes, they, so all of his speeches, they actually write down his, what he's saying. Oh, the transcript. Yes. Verbatim, they write it down and it is, and it is literally hilarious yeah, to yeah, read yeah, yeah. it's just atrocious no no sense anyway yeah. we'll shut up about Donald Trump oh, yeah I just want to say one more thing about um so I've just wrote I realize I've written all these random notes about the Beyonce thing mm-hmm. but actually the probably the most work-related one was and if you're going to watch a documentary please just get to the first bit where you see like a behind the scenes mm. um uh, I guess clip of Beyonce like hyping up the troops like she's backstage she's giving them this I think she's actually saying a prayer which I found very touching I was like oh she's so sweet but um she's talking to the dancers and the musicians and everyone and the way she talks about it is like this is like it was so inspiring I just got goosebumps I was like if you're ever looking to inspire your team what she did and the way she did it was perfect because it was very communal. Cool. It was very like she was t- tapping into them as human beings, not as like ants in her army. Yeah. It, it wasn't about her. She was like, I want all of you to shine. I want all of you to share in this experience. Like it was really beautiful. So cool. if you're only going to watch a little bit of it, watch that bit. Ooh, Beyonce, I can't Hi. wait. Homecoming. She's just outrageously talented, though. Oh, it's actually ludicrous. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing over there singing and dancing at the same time? Do you think maybe we have some, like, crazy hidden talent for something that we just don't know yet? Well, actually, when I moved to Germany, <laughs> yeah. 
No joke. I kept fantasizing and I can only say this now because it just didn't happen. (laughs) I kept fantasizing that I had this like latent gift for languages (laughs) and that I was just going to hear German on the streets and I was just going to pick it up. That's amazing. But like a miracle. Yeah. It was like my fantasy. And then I started going to German classes and I was like, (laughs) probably the either the worst or the second worst in the class I love that so, so yeah much. that that was quashed pretty quickly that's adorable yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we'll find our little our little hidden talent podcasting it's podcasting it's definitely <laughs> podcasting well one, one can dream yeah jump into the first question, shall we? Fabulous. Question number one. Um, Hi, Brittany and Penny. I work in a large corporate business in the finance sector that is massively expanding its design department. I'm excited for the new direction that's being taken overall, but I feel that because the expansion is so rapid, there's sometimes a lack of cohesion between people and areas that can lead to people doing projects or moving in directions that don't actually benefit the organization or move us closer to the intended vision. I'm very low down in the pecking order, but I do try to make my voice heard, although this can be frustrating at times, either because I simply don't have the time to devote to manage upwards beyond my direct chain, nor the political clout to actually get things done. Any advice on how to manage upward and across teams given the turbulent environment I'm in? I want to make a difference and I'm committed to the vision, but also don't want to resource, don't want to squash resources in futile or reckless experiments and projects. Thanks, Super Hans. He called himself Super Hans. I love that. I absolutely love that. By the that. way, futile or reckless experiments. I like it. I this. love it. So dramatic. The language is great. Oh, yeah. You killed it, Super Hans. So. Um, Hans, I'm assuming, is your your real name. Do you think? I can't remember what his real name is, but Super Hans is wonderful. Okay, really so Super it. Hans, this is really great. I think that this is, I mean, when people have questions like this or like, I mean, I've felt this way before. Mm. I feel like there's that, you need to sort of um, recognize that this is really great that you actually yeah. are noticing these things happening. The fact that y- you really care, you're excited about moving closer to the vision. You're excited about like the company actually making shit happen. Mm. Um, so bravo to you, first of all. Clap. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, like, it's so interesting because, uh, in my, when I was sort of more junior, I never would have considered doing this like I'm glad you're actually getting out there and being like how do I how do I fix some of this stuff you know what's so funny Mm. honestly I'm gonna say this right now is before I started working with you Penny I really I I like forgot or like I maybe had was like lost in my role that I forgot that I could like the things that I was noticing outside of my Mm. role I forgot that I could like say something, do something about, about it. it yeah you know and I mean it's tricky it's not an easy thing to do and we'll talk about that a little bit more but um you coming into work with us really reminded me that like oh yeah like I well, could have nice. yeah it really did though <laughs> like I can have opinions I can have you know I can notice things and mm. probably honestly when you're not on a specific team you're going to notice the flaws way easier more. yeah yeah and you're going to also notice the solutions more easily yes. as well because yes. it's like oh well obviously they should just do that um, yeah. I mean, actually, I also think it's really interesting that um, I don't think women would naturally think mm. like this because I was, I always used to mention this to John um, at AJ and Smart. Like, I often felt like I needed permission in order to dabble in someone else's business, right? Yeah. Like, I would, it wasn't an automatic thing for me where I just, you know, go straight ahead and do something like as a professional I know what my job is and if someone wants me to kind of breach that boundary then I need verbal permission yeah in a way to like alert me to the opportunity to go ahead and do that so really good point actually that's probably a big reason why I never felt Mm. that I had yeah yeah that permission yeah yeah um but yeah so great we've got some super practical advice for you here yeah um and one thing extra I just thought of Brittany was that um you should definitely just spend some time prepare prepare plan prepare you know as I love to (laughs) do but just like jotting down some of the core issues you think are present yeah and picking maybe two or three to focus on so you've you've mentioned that you actually don't have a lot of time to think about all this stuff um try to just 
you're not going to solve everything. So just don't even think about it. But like, what are a couple of things that you can tackle that might actually be low hanging fruit here and also might have a, 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 what do you call it? Like a follow on effect to other stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. So I think, I mean, for me, the number one thing when you're talking about um, trying to make change in other areas than the one you directly work in is you need to be super diplomatic about how you approach it. Obviously this is like, you need to kind of like, you you know what is it like tread on you're treading tread on thin lightly. ice tread lightly mm. that's what I was looking for mm. so you need to tread lightly you don't want to step on anybody's toes um, I think what is really important is that um, like you mentioned before Penny is like asking whether or not like if you're going to someone who is a manager of a certain team and mm-hmm. you see that these things are going wrong don't go with bl- placing blame yes. don't automatically go and say this isn't working well I've seen it blah 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 but actually going to them and asking them what they think yeah, yeah. about yeah. that. Yeah. Is Bro- it a problem? Broaching it with them and saying, hey, I noticed uh, Lauren always does, oh, maybe not naming names, but mm-hmm. I've noticed this thing happening. Is this a problem for you? Is it? Is that something you want to address? Yeah. Um, and if so, maybe I could work on that with you. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of like letting them take control because, um, I mean, there's actually like corporate jargon for this, which is like, um, you don't want to go above someone's head basically yes. or step on toes. Yes. Um, so yeah, just kind of give them the opportunity to be like, actually the leadership team is doing something about that right now. Totally. Or maybe they're not. And maybe they do want your input, but give them the opportunity to jump in first. And I think in like a turbulent environment, especially you don't want to go with problems without having actually considered some solutions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that bringing up problems is only going to frustrate another team a little bit more or Mm. whatever, whoever you're talking to. So make sure that if you're bringing up a problem that you actually come with at least an idea of a start for a solution. Yeah. You know, I think that it's no one likes to hear about all the problems. Mm. Like that's kind of the number one thing, right? Don't yeah. bring me problems, bring me solutions. Yeah. That's what they say. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, I think in that case you can just think of it like if you're bringing them a problem, obviously you're just actually just adding more work onto their plate and nobody likes that. So exactly. um, I mean, one thing that Brittany and I, uh, <laughs> actually Brittany mentioned this earlier. She was like, you know what you did when you started at AJ and Smart is that you always said, um, well, you know what worked really well at my last job yeah. um, when I suggested something and I revealed to her that this <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes we didn't do it at my last job and that was kind of bullshit. But um, what I'm trying to do is draw cred- credibility to a potential solution or yeah. what what I thought was a really good idea. I mean, maybe they do it somewhere where it actually works. Mm, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, but I think that that was, that was always so powerful mm. in meetings whenever you were like, you know, actually at my last job, we did it like this. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, well, great. Let's do it like that then. Yeah. You know, or at least let's try it like that. Yeah. I um, think it depends really... on the credibility of your last job as well. This if you is work true. somewhere. Because, yeah, I, my job before – was like a, a, at a, a successful a reputable, company. Yeah, yeah, reputable. Yeah, definitely. No, mm. that's a very good point. Mm. And if you don't have a job like that to fall back on, you can just literally say, I, you know, this company, like you can, you can bring up literally case studies or whatever. You can find out information about a company that is reputable mm. that maybe you're not, you know, you don't have the For inside sure. track, but you can bring yeah, that yeah. up as well. Definitely. Like, um, I mean, like we always talk about, uh, Julie Zhu's book, make the making of a manager. Or, yes. Um, and she works at Facebook. So like, um, sometimes it's good to kind of reference someone who's doing something successfully to get a li- little bit more credibility around that idea. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and finally, find some resources that you can share with your manager and let them have the credit for it. So that's really good. um, Once you kind of open up this dialogue where you're like, Oh, you know, like maybe we have this small problem in our, in our weekly meeting, our weekly catch up meeting. Um, You can say, okay, well, I actually found this really great, you know, Forbes article that um, is an interesting approach for that. I'll just share it with you and you can obviously do whatever you like with it. One thing also that I would like to bring up, because I think that this question involves a lot of like just giving feedback Mm. and how to do that properly. Yeah. And as we've discussed in an earlier episode, 
Penny is really good at giving feedback. We can all be good at it, guys. It's very simple. <laughs> Just don't be afraid. Yeah. But the thing that, that you talk a lot about, which I think is really valid in this context, is actually when you're going up to someone with um, any kind of a complaint or issue, is that you should really have an exact event to reference. Mm-hmm. So when you're actually saying like, oh, I've seen like, uh, I've seen things like this happening. That's very ambiguous. And people mm. can be like, well, when did you see, like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. So if you can actually say, oh, last week or yesterday, I saw this happen, that it seems like something blah, 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 isn't, isn't quite right there. What do you think? Or whatever. That is going to be much more powerful. Absolutely. And also what that, um, and that's perfect because it gives the, uh, person that you're talking to the opportunity to totally understand the context of the situation. So they might come back and say something like, well, actually Lauren was being bossy in that meeting because I've asked her to direct this project. Right. Do you know what I mean? So they can actually be like, oh good. Well, that's not a problem because I, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be playing out or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So super hands. I think that honestly, this is really, really great. What you need to do is make sure that you're treading very lightly. Little baby steps. Baby steps. And honestly, make sure that when you're actually approaching someone with some feedback and you're, you know, bringing up an issue, be very aware of the way that they're receiving Mm -hmm. your feedback. Amen. Because that could be, you could see them completely shut down or get very cold. That usually means your feedback is not welcome. But just sort of try to gauge that as you go and bring up concrete events as well. So make sure that when you're coming with your, um, your problems, that you're actually bringing up a specific time that you saw that issue arise Mm -hmm. and then also try to come up with at least the beginning of some solutions before you bring up problems yeah you're killing it wrapped it up (laughs) wrap it (laughs) thanks Hans okay question Uh, number two we're we're doing question two Brittany yes I'm so excited um okay Hi, Penny. Uh, okay, by the way, guys, it's really hard reading. I it is so, so hard to read. <laughs> oh, my God. Especially I was listening to our last episode and I was like, Penny. I'm like, one word after another. Oh, here's another one. Surprise. Surprise. There's, There's a, a new word. disaster. I'm really sorry about it's that. It's hard when you know you're being recorded. I think that's <laughs> what it is, honestly. Yeah. It's the yeah. pressure. Okay, well, anyway, put you all the pressure you on do. right now. I'm about to read a letter. Are you ready? Okay. Hi, Brittany and Penny. First of all, thanks for the podcast. And if you choose to read my question, can you please use my pseudoname below? Will do. <laughs> like, I mean, like, we're, all, we're only doing pseudonames lately. It's yeah, very, great. It's very like fun. That. I feel like very espionage. Um, I'd love to get your perspective. I'm about to start a new role in business development and an exciting company working in the B2B space. Uh, B2B is business to business, by the way. In my previous roles, I've worked to support the business development colleagues, but I was never in the driving seat as I am now. What tips would you have for me in this new role? Also, my role will be mainly focused in Switzerland, a country where I used to live 10 years ago, but I don't currently have a pulse on. And the language I'll be speaking with the clients will be English, not one of the local languages. Phew. (laughs) I have ideas of how to get up to speed on my local and functional knowledge, but I'd love to have your advice, especially from Penny, regarding uh, doing BD in a country which is not your native. Thanks both. Keep up the good work. Is this the pseudoname? Yeah. Margaret. Margaret. Great, <laughs> great pseudoname. Great. It's very, that's a really great pseudoname, actually. Margaret. Margaret. It, it's just like. What would your pseudonym be? Oh, it's such a good idea. Uh, Mine would be Gretchen. Question. Gretchen! For some reason, like, whenever guys used to come up to me when I was younger at bars and stuff, they'd be like, what's your name? And I'd be like, Gretchen. That's a great, it's like, it's a, it's a very, like, kind of suspicious, like, What's Gretchen up to? It's you know just what I mean? so. I'm sorry, any Gretchens that are listening, but you know now, it's an ugly name. Is it though? Or <laughs> is it cool? Okay, Gretchen. Yeah, Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen. I said it you. to scare these guys off. That's funny. I was like, they Gretchen, were like, oh, and I- I'm a lesbian. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> and they're like, I can't say that name in bed. Yeah. Goodbye. Gretchen. I think I would do, I think I would do like, um, I mean, it depends what it was for, but I feel like, um, a name like, you know, like Susan would be really good. Oh, you are such a Susan. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Susie. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, my name is Brittany. Mm. So the direct opposite of that name is definitely Susan. <laughs> I don't know if it is. I think the direct opposite is something like really exotic and oh, European. Yeah. Like uh, okay. Valentina. Oh. Or something. Oh, that's too sexy for me. I can't handle that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Too Moving sexy on. for me too. Sorry, Margaret. I'll stick we with got off track. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, congrats on your new role. Yeah. Awesome. And Switzerland, that sounds pretty posh and Switzerland fabulous. Switzerland is a fabulous place. Uh, I just feel like you have to have like specific Swiss outfits to work in Switzerland. Oh, yeah. By the way, people actually they upped like in comparison to germans mm. the swiss really kind of upped their their fashion game i mm. remember that yeah yeah definitely yeah. the swiss are better than germans that's what Brittany <laughs> just said i didn't say write it. it down no i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking yes um switzerland's very chic i'm sure you can get some no i'm not gonna say that we <laughs> <laughs> have to leave that in also um the mountains are gorgeous and also, you can make a lot of money in Switzerland because they have oh, a lot yes. of it. Yes. Yeah. And there's no tax or something? There's definitely make some tax breaks. Okay. I think. And also, you can have raclette, <gasps> which I don't think is that good, but um, maybe I've never had a good one. Is it raclette? It's fondue, I think. Raclette and fondue. Oh, both are very popular there because I had fondue when I was in Switzerland. Mm. And cheese I ate for my, dinner. I ate my body in cheese. Can you say I, that? I ate body my weight. body weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ate my body my because body it was covered in cheese. Was made of cheese. Okay, okay. sorry, okay. Margaret. Sorry, Back Margaret. To your okay, so we we decided to answer this question because although it sounded very career specific to like business development roles, yeah, it's actually more of a question of how do you build a network in a foreign city or a new place, like yes. even a new industry. Like, yeah. what is the process for building a network? And we we really ranted on about how much we fucking hate networking in our first episode. <laughs> we did, but we're gonna backtrack now yeah and act like it's really fun it's so really great <laughs> prepare yourself it's the best yeah no but that is what you're going to need to do margaret obviously i mean mm-hmm. you know that already um there's i mean there's several things like for us i mean for me moving to germany six so or so years ago mm-hmm. oh my god i think i'm coming up on my seventh year oh, <gasps> that's, that's exciting insane. Okay, so seven years in Germany, and when I first moved here, it was a massive shock. Obviously, there's the the uh, language, which is the biggest one, mm-hmm. but then there's like, which almost is equal, is the cultural very like yeah it's so different Mm -hmm. and I know Margaret that you already mentioned that you kind of have that down um you're not too worried about that but I think for people anybody who's just thinking about moving abroad like don't underestimate that because it is actually really difficult yeah um the good news is and what I would actually recommend for a lot of people is not to lose your like whatever your culture yeah 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 yeah. definitely definitely Like, like bring that as a differentiator yeah for you sure. Know. Like I never thought anyone would be remotely interested in the fact that I'm Australian, but Germans are. They, they love, love it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just just be whatever you are, I think. Yes. And, and just relish in the multicultural society that we live in. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so I obviously like the first tip here is like you gotta start building your network right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that I like to do that, <laughs> um, or Tell don't like that. to do that, the way I prefer to do that is um instead of sort of trying to hit up every single person in the city and, you know, build a big massive group of people that know who you are vaguely and don't really have any real interest in in you, um, I like to kind of get in touch with people and offer some advice or feedback on something. So for Oh, my, it's my daily burp. Yeah. It wouldn't <laughs> be an it's episode of Happy Hour yeah. without a burp. Yeah. It was just a, I've been really good with the burps lately. Very good. But anyway, um, so for example, like, I don't know what your last role was, but maybe there's some small thing that you can offer. Um, and it's all about like providing value. So instead of just sort of being like, oh, let's have coffee and you can tell me all about Lausanne or Basel or wherever you're moving to, um, try to offer them something. Um, and just sort of say, hey, I'm new in town. I thought um, I saw your business and I thought I might give you some, um, if you're interested, we could have lunch and I'd give you some tips on like growth or 
um, business strategy or whatever, whatever you think that you could credibly speak to um, and just invest that help in a, a bunch of people that you can kind of like continually support in that way. So that instead of having loads of people, you've got like more of a um, more of a, what do you call it? Like a boutique network. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this, that is really great advice because I literally cannot remember the last time someone was like, Hey Brittany, I could help you with this. Like let's yeah. meet because I could actually help you with this one thing. Yeah. I get, I get messages all the I mean, because AJ and smart is so outwardly facing and very, mm. um, popular on, you know, on social media and we're very, you know, loud and loud mm. and proud. We get a lot of people asking us questions, a lot mm. of people wanting, wanting our advice and our help. And I literally can't remember the last time someone was like, Hey, mm. you know, I'd love to chat to you about this. And I think I could really help you with this aspect. Yeah. I mean, it's it could be something great. really small. Like yeah. for example, um, a couple of people that I met with when I first moved to Berlin, um, I just emailed them and I was like, Hey, not emailed, I'd private message them on LinkedIn and I'd say something like, hey, um, I, this is totally random, but do you realize there's a few things that you could change in your LinkedIn profile to get more business and yeah. get more people to be more aware of your business? And they're like, oh no. And I'm like, can I talk you through it? I won't try and sell you anything. I just want to have a chat and meet yeah. new people. Yeah. And they're like, great. I, also so I just had a bunch you, of random lunches. Yeah. I love that you like specify that you're like, I'm not going to try to sell yeah. you something. Yeah. Cause I think that's like what everyone is thinking like, oh fuck. Like yeah. then I'm going to have to like say no to something or have mm. to like beat around the bush. But like if you put that up front, yeah. then it's like, yeah. And also then you have their loyalty yes, because you've done something nice to begin with. You haven't tried to like sell them something right away. Yeah. So then you'll be able to like, you know, maybe when you need something in a few months time, they'll be able to help you out there. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean like the other ov- obvious thing, and I'm so sorry to do this, but you've got to go to as many meetups as possible for a yeah. few months. Um, yeah. and like we said in our first episode, like you don't necessarily have to like work the room and meet everyone there, but get your face out there, chat to a couple of people and just honestly like ask them about the scene where you are. I think that's so important actually to just ask them like, what's up in this industry right now Mm. in this country? You know, like what are the challenges? What are the, what are people facing? What are their problems? What are, what is everybody kind of trying to work towards? Um, and that's where you're going to find the real juice, Mm. you know, and even asking questions like, so does this company always host meetups? Because then you can yeah. you learn something about that company that's hosting all these meetups. Obviously, they're putting a lot of marketing into events and trying to get people through their doors and maybe they're trying to very quick. And often what I've experienced is like if a company is hosting shitloads of meetups, it's because they've, they're always hiring loads of people. Mm, yeah. So um, they're wanting loads of talent to come through their doors. Yeah. So there's little things like that that you can put together. And um, a really great way, like when you're at these meetups and you want to, you meet someone who you actually want to be in contact with, um, you know, or you see potential in like a future, um, maybe whatever, in terms of business, um, really, really great thing that I think you are really, really good at is you always have a couple of little like, um, resources up your sleeve to be like, so if someone says something about like, Oh yeah, we're struggling with this and that or whatever, you'd be like, you know what? I just read this article. Yes. I saw this oh, video. Good one, Brit. Really, yeah. really great. Yeah. Like, just give me, why don't you just give me your email and I'll I'll send, send that off to you tonight when yeah, I'm home. Yeah, totally. And it's such a casual way to get in that touch. connection. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. really, and it's it's so organic and authentic and you, it needs to be. Like, even if you talk to them and they're like, oh, I have, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with this and that or whatever and you don't have something, um, I mean, you can kind of fit it, right? And oh, then do like a deep hell. dive research. The amount of times <laughs> that I've been like, oh, I read a really good article about that the other day and then spent like, you know, 25 yeah. minutes Googling yeah. until I found a really good article about totally. it. Totally. You yeah. know, that is totally legitimate. Um, yeah. Nothing I, wrong I, with that. I, I forgot that I did that. You used to do I that do all, it all the time. time. Yeah. Yeah, you still do. Oh, uh, yeah. dear. Yeah, I'm shameless. Um <laughs> And I mean, like just on the pure, in terms of like business development, how to get good at that, I reckon like the two things are obviously like when you're building the relationship, you don't need to be particularly like um, direct about, you know, what the objective is. But Mm -hmm. then as soon as you get into the selling phase of the conversation, 
just be really upfront and make sure like um, I used to have trouble sort of closing. I was like, how do you just get them to sign? Like this is dragging yeah. on and that was the hardest bit for me. Um, and so now what do I, what I do is um, as soon as the conversation turns to an actual sales conversation, um, I'm saying, okay, so here are the next steps. First of all, I'm going to send you a proposal. Once you've signed that, then we're going to do this. And then, and you've got to always leave a carrot Mm -hmm. after the next step to encourage them to continue. So for example, um, at AJ and Smart, um, I would only introduce a client to their, um, like the person who was leading their project after I had some verbal confirmation. So they didn't necessarily have to sign the proposal, but once they'd verbally confirmed and said, yes, we'll lock those dates in, that's when they get to meet their sprint lead or their training lead and actually start that fun conversation of like how the project's going to play out and yada, yada, yada. So like think of little, uh, basically just think of what your funnel is, what your plan is for like what's the next step after, um, you know, maybe they say I'd like to maybe think about buying this and then what's the next step after that mm-hmm. and communicate with that with them so that um, basically they're kind of, they know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. why this works so well, but if they know what all the next steps are, then they know what they have to do to get there. That's great. Yeah. Um, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Don't be afraid to close. Just get in there and do it. Always be closing. <laughs> oh yeah. Always be closing. Actually, when I first when I first started one of my first business like pure business development roles, um, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and I was like, oh, I'm scared that I can't do it. You know, like big time imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I've got a really useful video for you. And I'm like, okay cool yeah and he shows me this clip from a movie and it's like Alec Baldwin screaming at his sales staff going (laughs) always be closing and he's like calling them losers and like telling them that coffee isn't for winners it uh, isn't for losers it's only for closers and I was like I just shut myself I was like thanks Max this is very alarming anyway I'll include the clip for you Margaret just to make you laugh but don't be scared You'll be absolutely fine. Keep yeah. those relationships lovely and friendly and full of value and warm and they will buy shit from you. No 100%. problem. Yeah. I think that's what people are kind of starved for these days. Mm. It's just like authentic people, people who oh, are genuine, yeah. mm. people who aren't like trying, always trying to be something bigger than they are or trying to always trying to sell mm. or whatever it is. I think that's what people are starved for right now. It's just oh, like, oh, can yeah. you just like be a real person. Oh, totally. And, and, and you've just brought up so many good points in my mind, actually. Um, the first one is, um, if you don't know something when you're starting a new job, don't be afraid. And people will really like this actually. Don't be afraid to be like, Oh shit, I actually don't know. I'll have to find that out for you. Yeah. And that will actually give you another thing to email them about. (laughs) Your whole job is going to be finding excuses to emailing people. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, Oh, what was the, what was the other? So you just said authenticity. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is this, the other thing is like your job is to make your clients look fucking awesome to yeah. their bosses. Yeah. So if you can like if you can give them stuff and resources and deliver some projects and stuff that makes them look awesome, then they're going to be faithful to you for yes. a long time. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That's that, so true. I think that's, I think I've I feel dried like that's out. that's the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate sales advice. Yeah. Like make you, people look awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And they will literally love you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Fabulous. I hope that helps, Margaret. Yeah. You've got so our email my... address. So if you've got any urgent questions. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just send them through. Bing, bing. you made it to the end of the episode we have our resource of the week what is it penny um so this is super cute (laughs) we we basically made you um a little guide to how to be a good work friend so obviously like heaps of people make friends at work um and sometimes I'm like there are opportunities on the table for you to help to elevate your colleagues elevate your friends 
um, support the shit out of them. And like, just imagine a world where every single person who worked together was like this beautifully harmonious team that was just helping each other to be an awesome fucking colleague. It's beautiful. It's so idealistic. Yeah. (laughs) But we're we're doing it. We're trying to get close. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. So we have a little, uh, a little cheat sheet. And do you know what? Brittany actually inspired me with this one. Did I tell you about this? So when Brittany and I were in, uh, we were somewhere and I had said something on one day and then the next day, Brittany was like, you know what? I was thinking about that thing that you mentioned and I think ABC. So she had like taken time out of her fucking life to mull on it. And Aww. I was like, that is so cool. Like how nice is that that you did that and how helpful. Um, and now we're all going to do a better job. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I literally can't count how many times you've done that for me, but anyway, <laughs> we don't need to get into the specifics. We're just, it's just a full love fest here on Happy Hour. We're in a very small closet. We've got no choice. We're oh. in, literally, we've been in full hug since the episode mm, started. Mm-hmm. We're just snuggling. Um, thank you so much for listening. That resource will be in the links as well as basically everything we've mentioned. So you can always check out our show notes. Yeah. Um, and if you have a question, please email us. The, the email love. address is there in the show notes as well. It's in the show notes. It's so simple. And you have no idea. Literally every time an email comes in, we message each other. We're like, <laughs> we've got another letter. It's very exciting for it us. Is. It's it really such a is. thrill. Yeah. Um, um, also, if you need, of course, uh, a sound person for your podcast, <laughs> or if you know someone who like is going to start a podcast, we know just the guys. So yeah. definitely that's in the show notes as well. Uh, what else, Pen? Rate, review, and subscribe, <gasps> baby. That's the one. You that's do that. The one. Oh. And thanks so much for our nice little reviews. God damn. Oh, the people that have reviewed, we've, that's we've so We've only nice. got five star ones. Oh, guys, don't do a four star one just to oh, fuck it up. Oh, please don't. Can you imagine? They're just like, I'm going to give you a one star. Like, at least wait until we're like a year in before you start yeah. giving us like the yeah. harsh like three to four star reviews. <laughs> we can't handle that right now. We're very fragile. Mm. Um, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.